Welcome to Hope Is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope Is Here. My name is Greg Horn, and I always love it when we have a return guest. And uh, Scott Harvey is with us today. We had Scott on a couple years ago. Uh, he did some programs that were really, really good about helping parents with uh, technology and social media and uh, really got good feedback on those. And uh, so we wanted to bring Scott back because he's got a new book and uh, he's got a great background in communications. Uh, he's been uh, helping organizations now for 13 years. He, he launched his own uh, organization called Speaking of Harvey. And uh, he's got a great background as a, a former police sergeant, FBI trained hostage negotiator, and being a public information officer. He also uh, taught DARE classes uh, throughout Central Kentucky. Uh, I know a lot of us know how powerful those are. And most importantly, he's got a beautiful wife of 25-plus years and two wonderful daughters. But he's got a new book that we're going to talk about today and tomorrow called Silence Kills, uh, Communication Tactics to Speak with Confidence and Build Your Influence. Scott, great to have you back with us, man. Thank you very much. I'm super excited to be here. I appreciate it. Well, got to ask you the question, like uh, any good author, uh, as a guy that's trying to get his first book done, uh, why did you why did you write Silence Kills? Man, I wrote Silence Kills because I've been chewing on this message for quite some time. As a professional speaker, this is a message that I bring to corporations. I train employees. I train at, at conferences. But that's hard to scale. You know, I can only be so many places and so many times. It's hard to be away from the family. The book allows me to share the message outside of traveling and speaking. Now, I will always travel and speak. That's my sweet spot. I feel like that's what I was created for. And so I wrote this book as if I was speaking to the audience. It's very informal. It's very low-key. But it gives practical takeaways for people to kind of take their message to the next level. In today's noisy world, it's difficult to be heard. And that's what this book helps us do. It helps us share our message, even where our message isn't popular tells us why we need to share a message, and gives us practical things that we can look at to make sure that our message is being heard. Well, I tell you, I did. I felt like you were like reading to me. It wasn't. I didn't have the audio book version, but as I'm sitting here reading, I felt like it was you from uh, knowing you, and I like it because uh, even you're like me sometimes when something you're passionate about, you capitalize the word, you know, the book, and so uh, so you really wrote the book just like you know, hey, just like you're having a conversation with somebody. Yeah, I did, and that's interesting you mentioned that because that was one of the things my editor kind of pushed back on. She said normally publishers don't like all caps words. But she said, as I look through your social media and that kind of stuff, she goes, that's how you communicate on your social media. And she goes, on a stage, I know you're putting emphasis on that word. She goes, a, a publisher prefers italics. To me, I'm not an italics guy. I'm a bold face. If I'm going to say something, I'm going to stress that particular word because that word means something. So I'm glad you picked up on that. That was a conscious decision on my part and something I had to push back against the publisher and the editor to say, this is just what I do. This is just me. Yeah, and I love that about you. I think that's where you spoke up, talking about silence. You said, hey, no, this is who I am, and I do the same thing with things that I write. Um, let me ask you a question. What, what do you think keeps people silent today, Scott? I think today, especially in the middle of our cancel culture world, it is scary to speak up. It's difficult to say things. Because organizations, individuals, when I say organizations, organizations are made up of individuals. So this book is written to the individual because if every individual inside of our organization raises their level of communication, our organization becomes better. So this is applicable to the individual within the organization. So we as individuals are afraid of saying the wrong thing. 
And so in an effort to not say the wrong thing, we end up saying nothing. Because we feel that that's safer than actually speaking up and saying the wrong thing. But what I find when I get involved in this is when somebody is silent with me, my brain has to find a reason for that. It's kind of a survival mechanism. We see silence as a threat, and so the brain starts going into the fight or flight, you know, lizard brain type activity. Why are they not answering me? Why are they ignoring my voicemails, my text messages, whatever? There's an issue going on. Nobody's talking to me about it. And so my brain will come up with solutions or possible reasons for their silence. Those reasons are going to be way worse than what the actual problem is. And if you're silent long enough, once you do start talking, I kind of feel like you've had a chance to circle the wagons, get your stories straight, and I often start to doubt what it is you're saying to me. Whereas if you were just saying in the beginning, we've had an issue with, let's say, our product. Our product didn't perform like we wanted it to. And I'm a consumer. I know that. Like, I'm having an issue with my product. And you say, we know this isn't performing like we want. We're going to research it. We're going to find out what's going on. And I promise you this, we're going to make it right. And then if you say nothing else, at least I'm aware that you know there's a problem and you're going to address it. Whereas if we say nothing at all, then I'm like, well, I've obviously lost my money on this product. They're not going to stand by it. I might even start bad-mouthing you on social media just because your silence has told me that you don't really care. Silence is often interpreted as apathy or approval. If I didn't like what was going on and I said nothing, then people who are watching are going to feel like I'm okay with it. And so, you know, it's one of those things where we have to say something. It's a lot easier to defend saying the wrong thing than it is to not saying anything at all. Because saying the wrong thing means we're making an effort, we're trying to communicate our way through this. Saying nothing just comes off as apathetic every time. Well, you gave a great example in your book, uh, like when you go and speak places and you talked about at the very beginning one time how you just did this 30-second silence. Like, talk about that. I do. When I do a live event, especially after I'm introduced, if I'm going to talk about this topic about silence and communication and all of that, once I'm introduced, I take the stage and I set a clock on my phone for 30 seconds as I'm walking up and I just set my phone down and I make eye contact with the audience. I look around, I smile, but I say nothing. Now, I tell the organizers of the event that I'm going to be silent for 30 seconds because if I don't, they'll start a video or something like that because they need to fill this time. But that 30 seconds, after about 15 seconds, it gets really uncomfortable. After about 20 seconds, people are trying to solve whatever imagined problem that I'm having. They want to see if I need a drink. Did my slides lock up? Did they whatever? Because there's a reason for that silence and they don't know what it is, so they're starting to fill in the blanks. I was at a women's conference speaking one time in Bowling Green last year. I was the first male at the women's conference as a speaker, so super honored to be there. Fifteen seconds in, 300 women just started applauding. They just wanted to encourage me. They're like, come on. Like, I was like, I love speaking in front of women because you're just trying to help me when it looks like I'm struggling. At the end of 30 seconds, I always say, that was only 30 seconds. 20 seconds in, it got super awkward. A lot of you were trying to figure out what the purpose of my silence was. And what it does is shows them some people have been waiting weeks, months to hear back from them. 30 seconds was super awkward. How long, how much damage has been done in a month if you've not replied to that email or sent a text message back to that person or sent something out to that media inquiry? They'll come up with reasoning for your silence, just like you did in the 30 seconds that I took the stage. 
Yeah, you know, like in your book, you like left, you know, like 80% of that page blank, you know, let's do this for 30 seconds because, and uh, I did it and it was, I mean, it seemed like, you know, three minutes minimum. And uh, I think, you know, gosh, just we're, we're not comfortable with silence, are we? We're not. And today's world is never silent. That's, you know, one of the things that I talk about in the book, like when I was growing up and if you're under the age of, let's say 40, I'm significantly older than 40. If you're under the age of 40, you're going to think I'm making this up. There was a time in our lives where broadcast media shut down. I'd have friends spending the night. We'd have a sleepover. The, the national anthem would start playing on the TV. I, I didn't know what the protocol was at the national anthem in your room by yourself. Like, do you stand up? Do you put your hand over your heart? I didn't know, right? National anthem would play, and then broadcast would shut down for the night. There was no broadcast messaging. And I kind of miss that today. In a world that's always broadcasting, you know, the internet is going on, podcasts, everything. The TV stations don't shut down like they used to. We don't have a break from that. And so in the book, one of the things I talk about is we are always broadcasting a message, whether we like it or not, to our family, to our friends, to our coworkers, to whomever. And that message could be found in our silence. And it can be used. I would tell people, you can't just avoid silence altogether. Silence is a tactic that can be used for the short term. You know, and I say rapport is the bridge that will support silence. Silence without rapport feels like we don't care. We don't care. Every time. That's why I tell people when I'm riding in my wife with a car or in the car with my wife on a road trip, we could be silent for an hour and neither one of us is upset and neither one of us is worried about the other ones being upset because in 25 years of marriage, we understand that silence and it's comfortable. But if I am an employee of yours, I work on your team, I'm a customer of yours and you become silent, I don't have the relationship to support that silence and it's going to do more damage than good. Great point there. Uh, one of the things that I thought was so really interesting, you told a great personal story. You talked about, you know, why we shut down under stress. And uh, you told a powerful story about your daughter and the camping uh, experience. Yeah, we were kayaking. And I don't kayak. I'm not outdoorsy at all. Like, that's not what I do uh, because the outdoors doesn't have air conditioning. That's my biggest issue with the outdoors. I'm with you, man. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> so, But we were looking for some way to get our 13-year-old's face out of her phone a few years ago. And my brother-in-law called and said, hey, the creek is up if you want to go kayaking. That's the only time you can go kayaking. The creek in our community is has to be up after a rain. So I've never been kayaking before, but I'm like, I'm in, let's do it. And so my wife and I and my youngest daughter, my oldest was away at camp. We all went kayaking. And my brother-in-law was telling us about safety things and that kind of stuff. And he's like, we'll load the boats up. I'll put you in on my truck and then you can get out on my property when you reach that point. So we're loading things up. I'm half listening. And he's like, there's going to come a time where you're going to have a tree coming across from one side of the bank and another tree from the other side. He goes, it's no big deal. My wife and I go around it all the time. I had no idea what that meant, but I blew right past it, right? Go around it. No big deal. As we're loading up, he goes, life jackets are over there. And I'm like, the creek is waist deep at best. We don't need life jackets. And my sweet wife's head spun 180 degrees. She's like, we're wearing life jackets. So we put them on, myself, my wife, and my daughter. We got in the creek. We were having a great time. About an hour and a half into the trip, I heard the water rushing before we rounded the bend. And when we rounded the bend, I saw the trees exactly like he described them. One from one bank, one from the other. And in the middle of them was a kayak-sized hole. He said, go around it all the time. I'm like, great. So I told my wife, I said, just make a few turns. You can cut through there. She did. A couple of 180-degree turns like a pro. She made it through. What I didn't realize, found out later, when he said go around it all the time, that means paddle to the shore, get out, carry your boat around the obstacle, get in the other side. That would have been important information to know, Greg, but I didn't know that. 
So my daughter was next, and she gets her boat lined up, turns the wrong way, and washes sideways against the first tree. Those of you that have been kayaking before or understand physics knows what happens next. All of the water pushed her and her boat underneath the first tree. Her boat popped out the other side, and she didn't. I was about 30 yards behind her in my kayak. I jumped out and started running to where she went under. As I got about 15 yards from her, I saw just an elbow wrapped around the front of the tree, and her head came up briefly for air, and then it went underwater again. And I knew the water was pushing me so hard that I didn't have but one chance to to make this grab. And I got behind her, pulled up from her life jacket, the one I didn't think she needed, pulled her out of the water, and she starts coughing water out. And it's it's horrible to watch because it's pouring out of her mouth. She's crying. I get her in my boat, and she looks up at me, and she goes, I just kept telling myself, Daddy's coming. And man, Greg, she knows me. She knows I don't outdoor. Where this misplaced confidence in my abilities came from, I have no idea. But we finished our kayaking trip. I got home and I thought about it. I said, the only thing that got her stuck is when she panicked, she grabbed the tree. And the tree is what kept her stuck and kept her underwater. Wow. And in a situation like that, we do the same thing. When our world turns upside down, Greg, we grab the first safe thing we can grab And it feels safe because it's solid, but it might be what's keeping us stuck and we struggle to breathe. Where if she would have let go, she would have washed out the other side, stood up in waist deep water and been fine. How many times have I held on to silence because it feels safe? And then I just wonder why I can't breathe. Yeah, that's so good. Just tuned in. We're talking with Scott Harvey. He is a speaker, travels all over the country speaking, also is an author. And we've been talking about his new book called Silence Kills. I want to encourage you to check out his website, speakingofharvey.com. That's speakingofharvey.com. And tune in tomorrow. We'll continue talking with Scott Harvey on Hope Is Here. Thank you for listening to Hope Is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today. If you have been blessed by Hope is Here, would you consider making a donation to help this ministry continue to reach thousands in Central Kentucky every day? It's simple and safe. Go to our website at hopeishere.today where you can make a safe and secure online donation or you can find our address to mail a check. All donations are tax deductible and they are greatly appreciated. Please make your donation today at hopeishere.today. Again, that's hopeishere.today. Dot today.